All right, have we got everybody where they're supposed to go? Everybody who brought a child have their child, hopefully? That's a good thing. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started. Father, we thank you again for all of these children. We thank you for the blessing that they are. We thank you uh, for just how great it is and how much of a joy it is to see each of them uh, doing things for their parents. Lord, we pray that we as a church would do justice and that we would do as good of a job as we can helping parents raise godly children. Lord, I pray today that you would be with all of our mothers here. Lord, I pray that you would indeed meet with us. Father, I pray mostly that if there's anyone here who doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that today would be the day that they come to you in faith and you give them eternal life. Lord, we thank you again for all that you're doing. And Lord, I pray right now that you would feed your people. Father, and I pray that you would use me to do it. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, if you got your copy of God's Word, and I hope that you do, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're only going to be in two short verses in Proverbs. Then we're going to flip over uh, to the Old Testament, to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to read uh, two sections out of Deuteronomy. But I want to share with you something briefly. This is not exactly sermon related, but it's Mother's Day related. Uh, we live in a in a society that uh, that really, really wants to get upset at any reason, right? Sometimes I feel like we we have people who want to wake up and just be upset because. Somebody said something they didn't like. And so what I want you to, to know today is that uh, it's impossible to give a message that addresses every sort of issue that everyone is going on in this room. And so this Mother's Day message is going to be geared directly towards mothers. But I want to let you know kind of how is a church and how is the church, uh, we walk through all sorts of different issues. So in this room right now, uh, we have brand new mothers, right? We have, we have mothers who have only been mothers for about eight days. We have women in this room probably that, that can't be mothers. Okay. We probably have in this room people who are mothers who have lost children. We have grandmothers who have lost grandchildren and we have, we have people who are single and would like to be married and have children, but it just hasn't happened in God's timing yet. We have all sorts of other ladies that are God-honoring women, that it's impossible to address everybody in one given message. And so today we're going to deal primarily with, with ladies who have children, with families and raising children. And I just want everybody to know that as a church, we do value every single woman in every single walk of life. And I want to just explain to you briefly just kind of how that works itself out. Church isn't done right now 100%. Right. So when you come and you sit in a pew and you hear a message from a pastor, uh, that's not church. Right. Church is people. Right. Church is done outside of these walls also. And so if you're a mother and you're walking through any given situation that life has dealt you, we would love as a church to walk through that with you. And the primary way that we do that is through smaller groups like Sunday school, like men and women's Bible studies. That's where we get into smaller communities. And when you're joyful about something, we're joyful with you. If you're sad about something, we, we cry with you, right? Like that's not the men's gift. Like normally you're going to go to a women's class if you want somebody to cry with you. Come loosen up just a little bit, okay? And so my Sunday school class happens to be, and it's not the one I teach, it's just the one I go to. My Sunday school class happens to be right next door to a, a loud ladies class, okay? All the ladies that you hear laughing, they're in that class. 
And so there's times where that class is an emotional roller coaster, right? Like they will be cackling and laughing and celebrating with a lady. And then next thing you know, a lady shares something that's really sad. And they go from tears of joy to tears of sadness seemingly immediately. And so I just want you to know that as a church, the way that we reach and minister to everybody is outside of this meeting right here. This meeting is primarily geared towards you growing in a deeper knowledge of the word. And then the way that we minister to you personally best is when you commit to coming to one of our smaller groups like Sunday school or a men and women's Bible study. That's when you're going to build your best relationships. And that's when you're really going to do life with somebody who really, really cares about you. So I care about all of you more than you could ever imagine, right? And you may go, well, you don't even know me. I care. But if you walked through that door, I care about you. But it's an impossible to show you all how much I care. But we have... Over a hundred people here who would love to show you love if you'll commit to come into one of our smaller groups. And so that's just kind of a preface to everything that we're going to cover. Now I want to jump into the scriptures and I want to share with you something about, about motherhood. Motherhood is one of the greatest joys that you as a lady could ever have. Okay? It is something that, that you can't buy. It's something that you can't explain. The, the women that I see watching their children grow up, the women that I see in two ways, you know that it can be absolutely joyful or sometimes it has a potential. If something has potential to be absolutely joyful, it also has potential to be absolutely crushing at the same amount of time. That's, that's just how much we love our kids. And so what I want you to see is that in Proverbs chapter 31, don't worry, we're not going to go the normal route of Proverbs 31, but it starts out like this. The words of King Lemuel. I just want to remind you that nobody really knows who this king is, right? It's the best guess is that this is this is Solomon, okay? That this is a, a name for a man of God. The words of a king who is a man of God. Listen to this. The oracle of which his mother taught him. And so in scripture, recorded in scripture, we have the words of a king that were taught to him by his mother. And they became scripture, right? And so what I want you to see is that moms... When a king is giving advice that's going to last forever, a lot of what he gives is the advice that his mother gave him. And so the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. And if you go back to Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 says this. And this is again Solomon is the author of the book of Proverbs. He says, hear my son. This is Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. Hear my son to your father's instruction. And listen to what he says right on the heels of that. So he basically, get this picture. He's going to take his boy, and he's going to sit his boy on his knee. And he says, hear my son to your father's instructions, and don't forsake your mother's teaching. Listen to your father's instruction. Don't forget your mother's teaching. Solomon, the wisest man who's ever lived on the earth, recognizes that if his boy just carries out what he taught him, the kid is going to live a disastrous life. But if he couples what his mom taught him with what his dad taught him, the boy's got a chance in life. He's going to live a well-balanced life. And I want you all to know that the way that our society is set up is that the majority of time, kids get to spend a lot more times, a lot more time with their mother than they do their father. 
It's just the way it is. Most of the time, the dad works longer hours than the mother. Most of the time, the dad spends the bulk of his time working and he gets to come and he gets to spend time with the child. But it's the mother who does the day-to-day, daily grind of most of the child rearing. And Solomon realizes that, son, don't ignore the things that your mother taught you. And inspired by God through the Holy Spirit, he says, listen, ladies, the things that you teach your children in the mundane day-to-day are incredibly important. And if your child is going to live a well-rounded life, if your child's going to have a chance in this life, it's going to be largely based off the things that you, mom, teach that child. And so what I want you to do is I want you to go back to Deuteronomy. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so you're going back to the fifth book of the Bible. This is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so God has just taken his people from captivity in Egypt, and he's walking them to the promised land, and he wants to explain to the adults of the nation of Israel, how they're supposed to rear their children and how their children are supposed to learn the things that they need to learn. And listen to what he says. This is in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one, and we're going to read one through nine. It says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord, your God has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess. And so Moses says, listen, gang, this is what the Lord has commanded me to teach you. Verse two, this is the reason that he's going to teach it. So that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful and to do it, that it may be well with you, that just you may multiply, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so he says, listen here, gang. If you want your children to be godly in the land that I'm giving you, if you want to raise children who love the Lord and fear the Lord, you are going to have to talk about the Lord with your children. And you may say, well, I don't have time to talk to my children about the Lord. I would just... I would just be really happy if my children grew up and when they got to be 18, they still liked me. They were alive. They went to a good school and they became good God-fearing citizens of the United States of America. Like you may be thinking that like life is too busy for anything else. And, and he recognizes this because when are you supposed to talk to your children? Are you supposed to set aside an hour each week and like do church at home? Are you supposed to to, to cancel all baseball, softball games and in, instead of practicing those sports... Do church at home, right? Is that what we're supposed to do? Listen to what he says. He says, you shall teach them. This is verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when? When you sit in your house. Any of you sit in your house? Like if I were to take a poll and say, hey, how many of you are busy? Most of you would raise your hand. I'd say, how many of you are too busy to sit in your house? 
Like, listen, I have weeks where it feels like my wife has vacuumed the living room and like she doesn't have to vacuum it for another week because we didn't set foot in it, right? Like it looks the same way it did last week. Like that's busyness, right? We didn't have time to go in that room. Sometimes we close off rooms so that it can stay clean for more than a day. But sometimes it seems like we don't even have time to go in the room. But listen, he says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and you shall talk of them when you sit in the house. Maybe in an effort to raise our kids the way that God wants us to raise our kids, Maybe every once in a while, we should cut that TV off when we're sitting in our house. And we should talk about the Lord. I'll tell you something that our family has done that's been really groundbreaking. Uh, we went to a marriage conference, my wife and I, and we won a gift, right? So we go to this marriage conference. Everything's cool, right? I don't feel like our church knew the difference between counseling and a conference. Like a marriage conference is, is teaching you some things. Counseling is, is helping you recover from some things. It would really help me if y'all would take some of the tension out of the room by smiling, right? Like, like all my jokes aren't that bad. And so, anyways, we go to this marriage conference and we win this gift. And this gift is a, is a round-shaped box. And inside of this box, there's about a hundred different cards inside. They're all flashy little cards. And each day at dinner, you're supposed to take a card and read it. And the card has a question on it. And so, one of the cards says something like, if you could take your family on any vacation, where would you take them? Put the card back in the box, and the whole family has to say, if you could go on a vacation anywhere, where would you go? This is an incredible conversation starter for families, right? This sounds really simple. You're like, oh, we could do that. We don't have to buy it. It's cool. But listen, this helps get conversation started. The other day, one of the conversations was, what's your greatest childhood memory? Another one is, what's the first thing that you remember? Like, out of your whole life, what's the first thing that you remember? It just has all sorts of questions in this box that you would never dream of asking your kids, but it gears us towards conversation. And then when we have those sorts of conversation, because my wife and I try to be God-fearing people, our conversations naturally revert to Christ and things of God. And we're able to continue conversation. And we're not doing anything other than taking about two minutes at dinner time and talking with our kids about the Lord over dinner. You with me? He knew we're busy. How many of you were too busy to eat dinner last week? Hmm. All of you ate dinner. We got one. Might have, might have grabbed it on the way home. Anyways, smart Alec. We're not too busy for these things. Everybody sits at their house. You've got another one. He says, teach them diligently to your sons and talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way. We don't walk very, very many places. I, I make an effort because I live in town and most of the stuff I do is in town. I make an effort to walk and ride my bike to different places just because I can. I guess one of the benefits of living in a small town. But since we don't walk different places, all of us commute in our car to different places. And, and unless you've forgotten your child, you take your children different places. Any of you too busy to take your kids where you go always? You take your kids to school, you take them to ball practice, you take them to piano practice, you take them all over the place. Listen, gang, when you're in the car, talk to your children about the Lord. Cut the radio off. Who cares what's on the radio? Most of them are junk songs anyways when you actually listen to the words. Talk to your kids about the Lord. Say, well, I don't know what to talk to them about. We should be the caliber of people who are in God's word and talk to them about what you read in God's word. And you go, well, I, I, I didn't read anything in God's word. Okay, fix that. Read something in God's word and then talk to your kids about it. You say, well, I don't, I don't know enough to teach my kids about God's word. 
nobody said anything about teaching them about God's word. Why don't you open God's word and then have a conversation with your kid about what it means. Tell them that you were reading something in God's word and you believe it, but you just don't understand it. How many of you are willing to tell your kids that you've read something, you don't understand it, and you're working through it? When you do something in the car, when you make a decision in the car, like we make decisions all the time and we don't even think about it, right? But your children are of an age where they don't remember anything about you before they were born because they weren't there. And so they don't know that there was a time when you didn't follow Christ. So when you're in traffic and someone cuts you off and you want to get angry but you don't, like that's a good time to tell them, hey, you know what? I used to get angry at people when they would do that. But I don't anymore. Why don't you get angry anymore, mom? That person was a real piece of work. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Why didn't you get angry at him? Well, because now I follow Christ. And I don't need to get angry at people anymore. Because Christ has satisfied everything in my life. And the way people drive just doesn't affect me. And you go, well, the way people drive does affect me. That's most of you. Well, don't let it. It's not a big deal. Who cares if someone cuts you off, right? God saved you from an eternal hell and he gave you eternal life, right? It doesn't matter what anybody in this world does to you. You can have joy in the midst of any persecution. And so now you're going to talk to your kids while you're sitting in the house. You're going to talk to them while you're walking or driving. And then he says, when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you put your kids to bed at night, right? Put your kids to bed at night. Most of you make an effort to put your kids to bed. Maybe together. Make an effort to make bedtime an event. Right? Do you know what happens when it's time to put the kids to bed? A lot of times I feel like I've been over, been run over by a Mack truck. Right? Like, just go to bed. Like, just go to bed. But we don't do that. Like, every night we pray for our kids. And every night, the same things I prayed for those kids, I pray for my kids every night. I pray for you kids That you would be the men that God has called you to be. I pray that you would love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I pray that tomorrow, that God gives you the ability to love your neighbor as yourself. I pray for those things every day for my kids. Every day. Maybe we, in an effort to be the parents we should be, should be praying for our kids every single night when we put them to bed. One of the things that we've discovered is that we enjoy reading together at bedtime. Like, we've got some books that, uh, and I played no part in this, right? So it used to be that my wife would read to the kids, and I would just do whatever, and she would read to them, and then I'd come behind her and put them to bed. But just recently, I've jumped in the game, and I, I, I lay in the bed also while she's reading, and this has been fantastic family time. Fantastic. It's actually most of our family's favorite part of the day. And do you know what? It doesn't cost a dime to do. And it's their favorite part of the day. Mine included. Everybody's together. We've slowed down. We read some sort of God-centered book. Now, don't think that, uh, that somebody stands behind a podium in our bedroom and goes, Thus saith the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. And we read straight from the scriptures. No, we'll read Christian storybooks. We'll read Christian biographies. Stories about people who have followed Christ no matter what the cost. Right? We do all sorts of different stuff with the kids. And it's a blast. Because, gang, you only get your kids in your house for a short amount of time. And it flies by. 
And then they spread their wings and they fly. And most of our kids, because of the area in which we live, they need to spread their wings and they need to fly away from here because that's what's best for them. And so moms, let's make sure that we're making the most of the time that we have with our kids. And from what I've said so far, you don't have to carve out any extra time because you're going to do this when you're sitting at the house. You're going to do this when you're riding in the car. You're going to do this when you're going to bed and you're going to do this when you rise up. This means that you might need to be a little bit of a morning person. Or this means that you might just look at this and you might be a big baseball person. And you know, I'd have to be batting a thousand to do this when I drive, when I sit, when I lie down and when I rise up. But if I bat 775, I make it to the Hall of Fame every time. Right? You may be one of those people. And so you may just say, well, I'm not a morning person, so we're going to spend more time when we wake up. Right? We have people in my family who believe that if God wanted them to see the sunrise, he would have scheduled it later in the day. Right? So we have people in our family that, that aren't morning people. But, but the things that he's given you are painfully simple to do. He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, in all of the things that you do, you should be saturated with talking about the great things that the Lord has done. You see, because God took a nation of about two million people and he took them from slavery in Egypt and he walked them to the promised land. And over the course of 40 years, that generation didn't talk to their kids about the Lord at all. And the new generation that actually went into the promised land didn't know any of the stories of the Lord. They were gone. And so it's possible for Christianity to go from, from great to nothing in one generation if we as Christ followers don't speak up and talk to our kids about the Lord. Bringing them to church one day a week is not enough. We send them to public school five days a week for eight hours a day, not just church one day a week for one hour a day. And they're getting what the world wants them to have in school. They're getting everything the world wants them to have in school. And they need you and me as their parents to invest in them when we're sitting, when we're driving, and when we're doing all of these other things. You with me? And so I want you to see again over in the book of Deuteronomy. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. I'm not going to read it to you, but I just want you to see that in Deuteronomy 18 through 20, he repeats the same thing again. When God in his word repeats something more than once, it's, it's, it's exclamation mark. Like God is of the caliber, right? He's the creator of the universe. And he's like your dad or grandpa was that he said something one time and he meant business. If he said it twice, you better watch out. And so he says, don't forget, gang. Talk to your kids about the Lord. Have you ever talked to your kids about your life before the Lord? I'm not tell, talking about telling stories of of uh, anything that's inappropriate. But have you told them that there was a time where you didn't trust the Lord and now you do trust the Lord and your life is so much better and more joyful as a result? Have you talked to them when they're, when they're working through making decisions, when they want to look like the rest of the world, they want to do what everybody else is doing? Have you talked to them and said, hey, listen, that's a dead-end road. Your most fulfilling life, son, daughter... It's going to be to live a sold-out life to Jesus Christ. That's where you're going to find the most joy and the most contentment out of everything that life has to offer. Like, are we having these conversations with our kids? These are really important. 
please don't make the mistake of saying, well, I'll get the pastor to talk to him one day. Isn't that what we hired a youth and children's pastor for was to talk to our kids about that? Listen, we want to help you help your children. Because whether you think this or not, you are the most influential person in your child's life. MTV did a survey. And you go, wow, what are you going to share an MTV survey for? MTV does a survey to see. And they're, they're interested in advertising. They're interested in getting their hooks in your kids and keeping them. Who's the most influential person in your life? And MTV found out that a vast majority of kids, a majority of kids in a statistic, in a scientific poll, said that my parents are the most influential people in my life. And parents, kids spend almost seven to eight hours a day consuming some sort of media. And if we don't talk into our kids' lives about the greatness of the Lord, we'll lose them. And the world will get them. And so I love you guys as parents. Pastor James loves you guys as parents. And if we can help you in any way, figure out the best way for you to talk to your kids about the Lord, share with your kids about the Lord, we want to do that. We would be the happiest people in the world if our whole schedule was filled with helping you minister to your kids so that we don't lose that generation. Did you see how many kids were up here? That was a ton of kids. That's our most precious resource as a church. And we want to invest in them. But the primary way we want to invest in them is through their parents loving and serving them and talking with the Lord with their kids. I want to share one last thing with you. I don't know what it's like to be a mom, right? I don't know all of the stress that you go through. I don't know all of the emotions that you go through on a given week or year. I do know this. For two weeks last year, excuse me, two weeks earlier in the year, my wife went to Africa, and I was essentially a single dad for two weeks, right? And this is for maybe people who aren't mothers with small children. Do you know some of the happiest times in my life when I was playing the role of the single dad? Do you know the happiest times? Any guesses? First of all, whenever my wife goes out of town for an hour or three hours, or any sort of time where it's just me and the kids, this is what goes through my mind. We definitely need a singles ministry that ministers to single parents. Like, like I recognize that, right? Because, wow, people that have to do this 40 hours a week, this is the hardest thing you could ever do. And so anyways, having said that, you know the favorite time while she was gone? I got a phone call from somebody in this church. They said, hey, we made a meal for you. Really? They said, yeah, it's on the counter at church in the fellowship hall. All you got to do is go pick it up. And there was soup and there was bread and there was, there was everything needed for a meal. I just had to take the whole thing and stick it in the microwave and I fed the whole gang. Now I want to kiss that person around the lips. <laughs> that was like, that was like the best thing in the world. Don't worry. The person who gave it to me knows that I wouldn't kiss him on the lips for real. Okay. You, you all probably know who it is anyways. If you're, if you're regular. Sometimes moms, need people who might not have children in the house. They need them to come alongside them and give them a hand every once in a while. They don't need them as a crutch. They need help every once in a while. Being a mom is tough. Being a, a married mom is still tough. There's, there's a place for people in the church who don't have children, who, don't, who have kids who have moved away. There's a place for you 
to grab a family, to adopt a family, and minister to them and serve them, and jump in and help out any way you can, it means more than you could ever imagine when you help a young family. Things aren't like they used to be. Life is busy. There's a million things pulling parents in a million different directions. And if you were to drop off dinner and a movie to a family, boy, you would win the love and the heart of that family more than you could ever imagine. And so hopefully that's encouraging to most of you. Hopefully you're encouraged as a mom to talk to your kids about the Lord. Hopefully as a dad, you're encouraged to be active and be the one driving this talking with your family about the Lord. And hopefully if you're here and you don't have any children, hopefully you're maybe encouraged to adopt a family to serve so that they can, they can raise God-fearing children a little bit easier. But gang, at the end of the day, I want you to know that ladies, we value you. We love you more than you could ever imagine. We want to come alongside you as a church, help you raise your children in any way that we can. And ultimately, I want you to, in closing, I want you to see that God has the heart of a mother also. So when God creates Adam and Eve, he creates Adam and Eve both in his own image. So that means that there's an element of the image of God in both men and women. And when God looks out, excuse me, there's a time in Jesus' life where he looks out on the crowd. He's looking at the city and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I longed to gather you under my wings like a hen gathers her chicks. And so when Jesus looked out at a city, he saw people who didn't know him. He saw people who were just doing whatever they wanted and they were in dangerous places in life. Some of them were complacent. Some of them were ignorant to things they should have known. And some of them were just happy doing their own thing. And he says, gang, I wanted to gather you just like a, like a mother hen gathers her chicks. And there may be some of you here who, who aren't frequent churchgoers. You're not really accustomed to the, the things of God. And I want you to know that we serve a God who loves you and wants to bring you to himself. He wants, he wants to bring you to himself so much that each of us are riddled with a disease called sin, right? Each of us will, will eventually die one day, and it's not because of cancer, it's not because of any sort of other virus or disease, it's because of sin. And there's a way to be saved from sin, and so God sends his son Jesus into the world to die a death on the cross, and then Jesus raises from the dead so that you and I can be forgiven of our sin. And so he's made a way to bring you into his family. And so if there's any of you here who have never responded to that message, if there's any of you who have never put your faith in Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, I want to invite you to do that today on Mother's Day. And so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to close this in prayer, and we're going to have a song of invitation. And I want to give you a chance during that song of invitation to respond. I'd like to share more with you. And then the other thing I'm going to do is that I'm going to stay down here in the front. If you're a visitor, I'd love to shake your hand. There's like... 15 exits to this room and I miss a lot of you guys and so I'd love to shake your hand So, uh, i'll be down front instead of at one of the doors. I'd love to meet you Also, if you'd like to respond not publicly, but you want to respond a little more private I'll be here in this room until everybody leaves and i'd love to share more with you about christ Sound good? Let's pray together and then we'll have our song of invitation Father, we love you. We thank you for all of the mothers that are here in this room Lord, we thank you for all the ladies that are here in this room. And Lord, I pray that we as a church would be a church that loves you, that loves our kids, and that is mostly concerned with raising godly kids. Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. Lord, I pray that you would work in our lives as parents. I pray that we would live lives that are worth duplicating in our kids. I pray that we wouldn't be most consumed with 
sports and hobbies and all these other things, but I pray that our primary concern would be raising godly children. Father, I pray for anyone in this room who might not know you. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they repent of their sins and they put their faith in you and that you give them eternal life. Father, again, we thank you for all of our blessings and we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you would stand with us for our hymn of invitation. It was great to have you all with us. If you'd remain standing, uh, Evan is going to close us in prayer. Evan, if you'll come on up here to the microphone. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for what we give us, for what you give us. Anyone who is sick, please help them. And those who are sad, please let them be happy. Thank, thank you for our mothers, and please bless Bless them on this special day. Amen. Amen. Hope you all have a great Mother's Day weekend.